Welcome everybody to Chair Shots, the abdominal stretch of sports radio. We talk wrestling so you don't have to. In this interactive podcast, we're going to be breaking down wrestling for the past week. If you want to join in the show, every time you hear this sound, we all drink. My name is Logan and I'll be your host for this evening. With us as always, we have our resident guru, Jason. Jason, you have something to say? I really don't this week. I forgot. I totally forgot to think of something. In case you didn't hear him, that's Jason. <laughs> Alright, well, let's get into our quick hits. Quick hit number one. Oh my God. Uh, we unfortunately had the passing of Jimmy Snuka. Uh, he is one of the first high flyers in wrestling. He has one of the more iconic pictures of him standing on top of the steel cage, getting ready to do the, um, just the Samoan, or the body slam, the, it's not a splash, yeah, just a splash, yeah. Um, anything to say about that? Uh, I'm kind of conflicted on, uh, Mr. Snuka, uh. He was a pioneer, but he also did some things that uh, he wasn't able to account for or be held responsible for because it was so later in life. Uh, so, yeah, that's about all I have to say about that. Yeah, Gar- Garrett asked me about this, and the uh, first thing I had to say was I feel bad for Tamina. I mean, it sucks to lose a dad no matter what kind of person they are. Um, the whole family definitely thoughts are with them, but like you're saying... I liked him growing up some, but I'm still just torn about the whole thing. Yeah, I never really had I I don't know, I'm like, you know, you know who he was. Everybody's seen that iconic photo, but I've never been like a huge mark for Jimmy Snuka. Like, you know, he definitely paved the way, but I, don't, I didn't have any... I was able to catch a couple matches, but that was about it. <clears throat> Alright, quick hit number two. Just announced this week, Kurt Hangle is... Kurt Angle is going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, it was released on ESPN before Monday Night Raw. Uh, thoughts on that? Brian Campbell breaking the news for ESPN. Uh, I don't know. I love it. I love it. I love that he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Do you think it's a little odd that he's so young uh, and he's already going in when you have a lot of people who aren't in there, who should be in there, and aren't wrestling anymore? Um, but they did get him, get him, get him, get him. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking it might be some sort of provision to get him back. Yeah. Um, um, I, how old is he? He's not that young. No, he's not. I mean, he didn't start wrestling until later in life. But he did the competitive wrestling, so he's probably pretty worn as a competitor. Yeah, I want to I want to say, uh, who was it? Somebody tweeted, I want to Triple H or John Cena or somebody. Maybe it was The Rock. Uh, they were talking about how well he acclimated himself to professional mm-hmm. wrestling from amateur wrestling which was you know impressive by that feat because he was so good he was so and he still is really good um that's the only reason i'm kind of conflicted because i kind of had hoped that they had saved this for you know if if he came out during the rumble you you know we've all been talking about it for weeks right dead quiet all of a sudden three two one dun 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 dun, you know that would have been amazing right uh he's 48 years old so he is up there in age um i do remember you Posted this or texted this, it was impressive how we hadn't heard that in a while, and as without missing a beat, the entire crowd started chanting, "You suck!" Yeah, they were honoring him. They were he was they were talking about how good he is, and I was going to the Hall of Fame, and they played his music, and all that you heard was "You suck." Uh, I don't think anybody meant it, you know, mean. 
It's kind of like John Cena right now. It's it's the, you know, John Cena sucks. It's just ingrained. Uh, John Cena go away for 15 years. He comes back. He's still going to get, you know, John Cena sucks. It's, you know, so it's one of the fun things. But I thought that was really funny that they were, you know, it was juxtaposed that like, let's, let's celebrate this man for his greatness. And the whole crowd's chanting, you suck. Quick hit number three, Elimination Chamber just got announced last night that they're going to have a match in Phoenix, Arizona on a SmackDown pay-per-view. What does this mean for the SmackDown company? It means they're going to have to try and find six people to fight in one title match. Yeah. Um, Name them. Go. Uh, let's see, you, got, you got Ziggler, The Miz, Corbin, AJ, and Cena. And that's that's it. Is that the whole, that's, that's the whole company, right? You have Dean Ambrose. You also have the uh, Wyatt family, assuming none of them win the Royal Rumble. But even still, say Bray wins the Royal Rumble, you can put Orton in there. We did forget one person. Who's that? James Ellsworth. Oh, that'd be amazing! That'd be amazing! Oh, he would—he'd have to be one of the first people and last till the end. Could he? Could he be one of the like the things, one of the doors? Like they just strap him to the front <laughs> of somebody and then have to like slide him out the way? Oh, that'd be amazing. Can we quickly, like, two seconds, like, I hate to, like, jump off topic. Well, it's not off topic, but do you remember the last time they hit an elimination chamber and Sheamus was in it and he locked himself in using his cross and no one knew what the hell was going on? No. You don't remember that? I don't remember that one. It was, it was, it had Ziggler, Mark Henry, and Sheamus were in it. I don't remember who else, but those three were in it. And it was the one where Mark Henry's uh, pod got busted open early. So then Mark Henry had to enter the match. <laughs> and no one knew what was going on. Ziggler's standing in the ring pointing and shouting at people on what to do. Like, just standing there like, you, do this. You, fight him. You, go. like, just, like, no fucks given. Just like, all right, this is what we're doing because we have to do something. <laughs> and then Sheamus, like, locked himself in this little, like, pod. So he did, like, he was the last one out because he wasn't, he was, like, the third one out. So he was like, he's like, oh, I can't get the door open. I guess I'll just stay in my cozy pod. <laughs> Shout out to the Cozy Pod. Cozy Pod. So he was like, oh, I'll just stay in here. And, and he's stuck in there. And all of a sudden, like, three people get eliminated. And he's like, oh, whoop, let me just pull this cross out. None of the commentators knew what the hell was going on. They're like, oh, he freed himself. How did he do that? And, the, you know, the camera's on it. And I'm sure they get a script that tells them what's going on. They had no idea, though. Right. None. So yeah. I've never seen that. I'll have to go back and watch that one. Yeah, I'll just find that and send it to you. Quick hit number four, the Hardys issued a challenge out to some tag teams, and we had a pretty interesting response from one of your favorite teams. Brother Nero and Broken Matt, I, I heard about your open challenge to any champion of any major wrestling organization, and, huh. and, and it's been a little bit silent. Un unlike those other teams from those other companies, they're not responding. We're not afraid hey, to respond. We're not scared to get any type of heat, brothers. Matt and Jeff. We accept your challenge, and, and I, I, I really, really, really hope to God yeah, Ring of Honor is cool with it, because we'll wrestle you at the Impact Zone, oh, yeah. we'll wrestle you on your compound, we'll, we'll do it here, and if, and if Ring of Honor isn't cool with it, that's We're, fine. What we'll, will we do? We'll quit. We'll quit the company. We'll, we'll walk, walk right out. out. What are they going to do? They we'll, can't do anything because we are untouchable. We'll go to NXT. <laughs> we'll go to the CWC. Hell yeah. We'll be, hell, we'll be at 205 Live. Um... Okay, uh, no. okay, maybe not maybe not little... 205 Live, yeah. but we'll do this anywhere, any anytime, hell, any hell, place. Hell. We'll do this in this white trash boiler room. It doesn't matter. Young Bucks versus Broken Matt, Brother Nero. Huh. Any place. Let's do this. Let's do it. We accept. 
So with hearing what the Young Bucks had to say, what's your thoughts on this? I'm excited. I really, I was really hoping they'd go for a boiler room brawl because they were in this like kitchen boiler room. But uh, yeah, they're standing there with all their belts, their Ring of Honor belts. They threaten to quit Ring of Honor if they don't allow them to fight the Hardys. So looks like at some point we'll get a, a Hardy. Except for one thing, What's they that? won't quit for what? 205 Live. Yeah, they said they'll <laughs> fight them anywhere except for 205 Live, which is a, which is a funny. I don't think Matt Hardy could get down to 205 if he tried. But uh, but yeah, that was that was a nice little shot at 205 Live, which hasn't been uh, setting the world on fire. No, um, it's exciting. I would love to see them actually make this happen. And then like the night of the event, WWE sends like the New Day, and you actually have a triple threat, just a fun match, like randomly. That'd be amazing. But uh, hopefully we make this happen. That'd be great. Be a great draw. Great. Have to do it on pay per view, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, hopefully it is a Ring of Honor pay per view and not a TNA pay per view. Um, they've actually fought before. You can find it on YouTube somewhere. I've seen it. Uh, they fought in like a like a baseball field, and it was a pretty entertaining match. Um, lots of super kicks, lots of melter drivers, lots of um, swanton bombs. Nice twist of fates. You know the regular. Yeah. Well. I would look forward to that. Um, maybe next Wrestle Kingdom we'll get that. All right, let's get into our Raw segment. We're going to make these somewhat quick because we have something big to talk about in the second half of the show. Um, we had an opening segment on Raw. You had Roman Reigns come out to booze. You had Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens come out next to kind of a mixed feeling. Seth Rollins got a huge pop. Then came Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman's out there, luckily didn't touch the mic, and before he could say anything, um, Brock Lesnar comes out. Oh, Paul Heyman came out before that too, huh? Well, Brock Brock Lesnar eventually comes out, and in the process of Brock Lesnar walking out, um, Sami Zayn jumps on the back of Braun Strowman. Brock's just sitting there like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, who the fuck are you? And then all hell breaks loose, and everyone's getting thrown every which way with Brock looking strong at the end, and Strowman not looking weak. Um... Talk me through that segment. What you what did you think about that segment? It was a big turning point in the entire outlook going into Royal Rumble. Out of curiosity, is it is it weird to me that like they booked that the same way as they did like the very ending, the same way with like Strowman and uh, and Lesnar? They booked that the same way they did uh, Lesnar and Goldberg's matchup. And you remember when when uh, Lesnar left and we talked about whether or not like if he was leaving because he was scared, if he was leaving because you know like I don't fight for free, right? Like, they kind of booked it the same way, but... Yeah. But Strum came out looking way better than Lesnar did somehow. Right. Well, because there wasn't a bunch of talks back and forth between Strowman's ad- advocate and Lesnar, you know? Fair enough. Yeah, Paul Heyman was out there doing Paul Heyman stuff, which is always amazing. Um, but yeah, it was a fun little segment. Um, I was I was just waiting, because it, like, it took a few minutes, because they had the Snuka uh, tribute and then something else to begin a Raw, so it was like... MLK. Yeah, that was it. It was about four or five minutes into Raw, and then all of a sudden you heard Roman Reigns' theme song kick off. So that was... They, they booed the hell out of him, though. They did. The boo birds were out, for sure. Um, I loved it. It was one of the best opening segments in Raw in a very long time. You didn't get any authority, which was nice. Uh, you didn't just get Jericho going out there and just talking, talking, talking. Which they're fun to listen to, but it was a nice change of pace. Roman Reigns coming out first to getting booed. Better or worse than the Money in the Bank one? When they were all sitting on top of the ladders. I'd say better, because you really? actually had some action, too. Really? Yeah, I know you loved the hell out of that one. Well, that's why I asked about it, yeah. Anytime you can get uh, Chris Jericho sitting on top of a ladder cross-legged, 
Made me laugh. But how long ago was that? Money in the Bank, uh, June? May, June. June? So like seven months ago, eight months ago? That's how long it's been since a good opening segment. Yeah, yeah, but I still remember that segment, so it's gotta be decent. Right. Um, yeah, it really, like I said, I think it set up, um, the road to WrestleMania for Raw, for sure. That's, that's gonna be the big players right there. And, um, it's gonna be exciting. I'm, that actually made me look forward to Raw for the evening. Well, there wasn't any disputing the the main event players going into WrestleMania from Raw. You, I, I you could argue that Sami Zayn wouldn't be in there. You can argue Braun Strowman might not be in there. Sami Zayn is not in there. I don't care what you're telling me right here. Sami Zayn is only in that match because they needed a third person to make this a six-man tag. No offense to Sami Zayn. I'd love to see him in the title picture. All right. He is not in the title picture, though. I'm, I'm okay with that, too. I don't think he's there. Um... All right, well, let's go to our next segment on Raw. Uh, we actually had some character development on Bailey. We had Charlotte go ahead and do a little look back on who she was as a fan, as a fan, which actually makes her more in line with the people in the audience. Did, did any of that surprise you? Like, I, I know you no. said, like, character development, but, like, like, they didn't broaden her character at all. They did. And I, I think they did because, like... She's always just been this happy-go-lucky, happy-go-lucky, happy-go-lucky. And then finally you're starting to get look back at her. You're looking at... She's finally out there saying, look, I'm okay being this person. As, yeah, but it's... Instead of just like, hey, I'm a hard The narrative was the same for Sasha Banks. Like, literally, they took the Sasha... Like, I'm sure their stories are similar in real life. But they took the narrative of Sasha Banks. You don't remember... It was eight, six, seven months ago. We're going through this whole I Love Eddie Guerrero phase where we're talking about how she would go to all the events where she in Boston and she grew up idolizing Eddie and she wrote poems in high school about it and, and she, that's all she wanted to do since she was a kid. We, we saw this before, right? Uh, I don't remember that. Yeah. I, I, remember, I remember Eddie Guerrero thing a little bit, but this is more, I think this is just, I mean, it's the same. They're all, wrestling's always going to run the but, same things. But what I'm saying is, it, you, you're limited at the number of women that are at that, that top level right now. Yes. Why even come close to copying the stories? Yeah. Like, the men don't even do that, and you have seven different people, and they're all different people. But would you say that was character development for Sasha as opposed to Bailey? Just because it's the yeah, same because, story doesn't because mean you it's... Knew, you knew Sasha as the boss. She was a, a no-nonsense heel. So when they turned her face... You knew this no-nonsense heel-type character, but when you bring in that human aspect and you, you, you make her more relatable, Bailey was already relatable. She's this person who loves to hug. Who doesn't love to hug? A lot of people. People don't like being touched. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> who doesn't love wacky, arm-flailing, inflatable, arm-flailing tube men? Bless you, but everyone does. Um, did you see she has a new product out where it's clappers with the waving arm men? No. Oh, it's amazing. You can get them at the WWE Live events. That's awesome. Um, I did the one of the, one of the best parts about the whole segment was though when Charlotte was standing on the ramp and Bailey summoned her demons from, yeah. from below, yeah. and all the wacky uh, arm flailing two men just popped up and Charlotte started like punching them to no avail. Yeah, she did her little Bailey thing where she puts her two hands out. And um, I'm telling you, man, it's gonna happen. She's gonna end up being like the Undertaker, but with arm flailing two men. Be amazing. Um, Real quick on the Bailey thing, I last week went to SmackDown and I got to go to Garrett's house to pick him up before we drove up to Baton Rouge and I saw my niece out there and I had my Bailey shirt, my Bailey uh, wristbands, my Bailey headbands. We put all of that on my little niece 
And just a couple days ago, I sent it on Instagram and I tagged it's me Bailey on it. So hopefully I'll get a reply back from Bailey. That'd be amazing. But I said it's your favorite. It's your new biggest fan from Gonzales, Louisiana. So uh, shout out to my little girl, Livy. Um, yeah, Bailey's newest fan. She's a hugger. All right, let's go to the next thing on Raw. They have the Bullet Club looking like they could actually contend for a championship. Oh, Gallows and Anderson. Gallows and Anderson. How many title shots have they had? I really want to look. Over. We, we have to look this. Yeah, over. over. <laughs> yeah. There's not even a number over. Um, we got to look it up soon. They have to have had the most. Like, I'm all for it. I want them to win the championship. In the past year. Because they haven't even been uh, yeah. WWE for yeah, a year. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to know how many title shots they it's, it's unprecedented. Um, they looked very good. And they looked... It was weird. Because they looked like contenders. Like, two weeks ago, they were fighting the Golden Truth. They look like contenders. I mean, they are contenders. Let's not mince words here. They should have the belts. They deserve to have the belts. So they are a hell of a tag team. Uh, Anderson, by far, carries that team. The only Schnitzky, thing, not so much. The only thing that bothers me is they don't use the boot of doom. They use the stupid magic killer, which bothers me. What's it's the boot of doom where he holds him up and they get yeah, a big Yeah, uh, Gallows has somebody like on, on a, like a torture rack position, and then Anderson comes running by and does like a, a drive-by uh, like drop kick to the head. Nice. Into like a, a spin-out move. It's yeah. awesome. They've done it a few times, but I don't know. That one, I, th- I like that one better. Yeah, um, I hope they win the titles. Honestly, I would love to see them get a title. I thought they were going to get the titles five months ago. But then the New Day started getting hot and hot and hot and hot, and they wanted them to get the record. That was the best, one of the better tag matches I've seen in Raw in a long time. Really? Um, Sheamus and Cesaro tend to have the same uh, effect on me as Dolph Ziggler. Like, I know it's going to be a good match, but I, I can't pay attention. They have similar movesets. They're both big hitters, which normally like a big hitter with the high flyer, and they don't have that necessarily. Um I'm glad they got the championship. It gives them something to do, but honestly, I'm not invested in them at all because I know it's a matter of time before they separate and they're going to go right back to f- seven more matches against yeah, each other. Oh my God. All right, uh, let's go to the end of the show. I texted you this as soon as it was over. Is this the first time that you've ever seen Kevin Owens look strong since he's won the championship at the end of a show? You mean fight Owens fight? Sure. Cry Owens cry? Sounds good. No, he did look good. Um... They've, they've booked him interestingly. Um, and I, I answered your text message with back. Uh, that's the first time he's looked like that Kevin Owens since Triple H handed him the belt. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I guess it makes sense to have him be kind of like that after he gets handed the belt. But uh, it is nice to have a, a fighting champion. I think everybody kind of wants him to be that. He's so good on the microphone. And he's so quick, quick-witted and, and, and sharp-tongued that I think he could be that type of heel, um, he doesn't need to be a coward heel. He doesn't, he doesn't need to be like that. So it, it, it's nice to see him put Roman through a table also. I'm, I'm never angry at that. No, um, I know you would have been way more excited to see him as a powerful heel because he has that ability. Um, I know you and Garrett were both fangirling out whenever he became champion. Um, everyone was happy to see Roman Reigns go in through a table I was hoping that they would do a pseudo um, shield thing and have Jericho yeah, they, lift up Rollins, but then Seth Rollins, uh, 
lift up Reigns. Yeah, that was, that was the weird thing. They're, like, beating the hell out of Reigns, and then, like, Jericho just takes Rollins and just kind of, like, tosses him aside. Yeah. Like, just, like, throws him off the platform. Like, okay, you're dead, and just, like, throws him away. And then, you know, he comes back two seconds later. Were you looking for the, ooh from Kevin Owens right before the powerbomb? I was. He did it, didn't he? Uh, no, he didn't. I don't I think thought, he ever I actually did he, it. I thought he did it when, uh, like, right before Rollins hit him, because, like, uh... Jericho had Rollins by like the hair and the shoulder. Then Rollins, or he had Reigns by the hair, mm-hmm. and then Rollins came in to make the save. See, I think he was about to do it and never actually did it. But I was like, do it, Maybe. do it, do it. He's done it once or twice right before his uh, his, his cannonball. Cannonball, yeah. yeah, it's great. Um, does this bring more excitement to you for their match? No, Reigns and no. Kevin Owens. No, are we gonna have double Cena wins at Royal Rumble? I don't think so. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll get there in a second. It's 100% possible. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't think we... I, I think that the company... Uh, uh, maybe I'm just naive. I think the company has learned enough, and especially over the last, what, three Royal Rumbles? That the crowd, the internet, like the people in the building, the internet, and then just in general, people have been pissed off. And we still pay for it, so they don't give a shit. Yeah, right? <laughs> Yeah, we're, 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 they're not the idiots. We are the idiots. Right. Stupid Exactly. We are actually on the list of Jericho as a fan base. Well, speaking of which, did you see the gif? Oh, yeah. No, the second time you put it up. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah for those of you that haven't seen it, um, it's a picture of Lesnar walking down, and then it pans to the ring. It zooms in. You see Reigns and Jericho. Reigns is kind of bouncing back and forth, and it zooms in just to Jericho, and he's literally just writing on his list, not even looking at Lesnar. It's amazing. Uh, anything else you have to say about Raw? I like that he had his little tongue out. Like, he was, like, thinking about what he was trying. <laughs> he's like, mm. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Any uh, last thoughts on Raw? Um, Decent show this week. Yeah, I'm not going to say it was better than SmackDown, but it wasn't uh, worse than SmackDown. Too much cruiserweights, in my opinion. Two matches, man. Three. Three. Was it three? Three. The only thing that bothers you, we can talk about 205 Live right now and just get it the way quick. Okay. Um, the only thing that bothers with the cruiserweight, it's kind of falling in the way of the the, the main event on Raw. It's, it's like seven, not even seven, it's like five people. And they're all doing the same thing every week. Yeah. Every week, you get the same people. Every week, doing the same thing. I mean, Neville's a fresh breath of fresh air. But, I mean, but... you can only he can only fight Rich Swan so many times, or he can only break up, like... Like, okay, they fought one week, they had a match. The next week, Rich Swan, Rich Swan had a match, Neville broke it up. The next week, Neville had a match, Rich Swan broke it up. Yeah. Like... We get it. They're gonna fight. Well, the big problem is Tajiri's injured, and he was gonna be the game changer. Well, they have they have some people they're sitting on, like Akira Tozawa and a few others. They're they're kind of holding still working out, with yeah. and, and holding back because Tozawa is a big name in, in Japan. He's I've been waiting for this guy to come out, but uh, you know they're, they they just got to get the division off the ground first, and then I think they'll be okay. Um, also, I think a step in the right direction. I'm so tired of this Alicia Fox Noam Dar thing. She by went the way. she went back in time eight years. Yeah, that was really weird. She was like angry, Alicia Fox, and it was annoying. Yeah. But uh, one of the better things, I don't know if you saw, did you see 205 Live this week? I did not. Um, They they had an eye forfeit match between Jack how, Gallagher. How bad was that? It was awesome. It was really good. Um, It wasn't necessarily as brutal as you might think, but it was uh, it was a good one. Um, they did have some funny spots where Gallagher just, uh, Gallagher, sorry, Gallagher kept 
finding umbrellas. Like he had planted them all over the arena. He found one under the ring. He found one by the timekeeper's area. He had one by the, 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 the desk. So that was pretty funny. But it was a good match. Um, it was one of the better 205 Live matches they've had so far. Nice. All right, well, let, let's go ahead and get into SmackDown. Um, we're going to start at the women's division. We had quite a lot of airtime in the women's division. You had the cage match, obviously. We'll skip there real quick. But we're going to go to Becky. Becky. Nikki Bella versus Natalia. Is there any interest in this rivalry for you? I read somewhere it's just pausing Nikki Bella until the road to WrestleMania, pretty much. I'm enjoying it other than the actual fighting. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it makes a lot of sense. No, no, not, not in that way. I mean, that way, yeah, it's not bad. But uh, I kind of like the storyline they're going with. Uh, it was kind of funny, though, because they cut from uh, the Miz, or who was No, it was AJ yelling at Cena, telling him that his brother-in-law just booked him a title shot. To the <laughs> next segment, Nikki, Nikki Bella. Nikki getting yelled at by Natalia saying, you know, her husband's brother-in-law got her a title shot. Or her brother-in-law, I should say, because, you know, um, that's her sister's husband. Yeah. So her brother-in-law. So Daniel Bryant doing Daniel Bryant things. and You hear that, Trey? Nepotism to the highest order. Such a good guy to his people. <laughs> so you know, no, no, another, another example of Daniel Bryant not working for the people. The whole Yes movement was just a scam. So, but I did like I did like that they went to the uh, merch stand, and Natalia was like, "Oh, what is this? Is this Nikki Bella?" They just start ripping everything off, and then randomly in the corner there was a Bret Hart shirt for some reason. Like it was it was it was Cena, Nikki, someone else, and or like Ambrose, and then like randomly a Bret Hart shirt, and then she threw all of it away, and then she got slammed through a table, and that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I have zero interest in this whatsoever. It's it's less compelling after Carmella left the. Rivalry, which is pretty damning, right there. Yeah, I don't know what the hell she's doing right now. Oh, uh, she's James got... Ellsworth. Well, not really, but I know I know she's with James Ellsworth, but I don't know where they're going with that. Wait, they never did a fashion thing, did they? No, I was saying they kind of just like they keep showing it, but they never do anything with it. Well, they she said next week I'm going to give you a makeover, uh, and yeah. it never happened. They didn't go shopping. I need my money back, SmackDown. I needed some Carmella and James Ellsworth time. Cor- Baron Corbin to get on the show, so I don't think they... Less of a travesty. <laughs> All right, uh, well, let's go to the other women's uh, big rivalry. We have the cage match, which was, I thought, a pretty good match, considering... I'm glad someone did. And then uh, the big reveal of Mickey James as La Luchadora. Talk about that first. Shocking! Uh, no, I think everybody kind of assumed, uh, there was like, there was like three people that it was possibly going to be, and one was Mickey James, the other was Eve Marie, and the third one was, I don't know, some random person, like any, you know, anybody else, um, but it wasn't that big of a shock, um, apparently Mickey James, I don't remember this, apparently Mickey James and Trish had some sort of similar alliance, they did. The I thought they were rivals. Well, I don't, I don't remember. I, just I remember saw- Mickey James is a bad person, which is why I think this is great. She's great heel. I don't know. I, I missed a lot of Mickey James. I just remember Mickey James when she first started. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I can't tell you a whole lot about her. Um, I'm, I, am, I am interested to see what role she's going to play. And her versus Becky Lynch is going to get some pretty good matches. Because she looks pretty good in that um, Asuka match. Maybe. I don't know. She like she looked old, man. Like Not old. She's younger than Asuka. Well, I mean, like we've, we've had this discussion before. We had it after, after the takeover. 
She didn't look old. She looked outdated. She she looked like the entire division had passed her up. Her clothes were were straight out the diva division. Her moveset was straight out the diva division. And I mean, that's not necessarily her fault because that's the last time she was really competitive. Right. But I mean, just just antiquated, uh, just, just just you know, outdated and and had been passed up. Uh, one thing I was surprised I saw a picture of her and Alexa Bliss after. I think she's shorter than Alexa. She ain't got that booty though. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. All right, so let's talk about that cage match. You didn't like the cage match. I wasn't enthralled. Um, I don't know. I knew it was gonna end. Like, I, nothing really drew me in. Like, I sat here and messed up my phone for like the whole thing. First of all, didn't like. I think it was like twelve minutes. It was like a twelve minute match. Like, I, I turned it on and it was like you know twelve eight fifty or whatever. So it really wasn't that long of a match. I don't know. It, there wasn't anything necessarily compelling about it. Yeah. Um. There was the big spot, the exploded suplex off the middle rope. That was pretty cool. Uh, it was great to see someone kick out of something like that, too, because a lot of times in the women's division, they'll have a big spot, and that ends it, yeah. except for Charlotte matches. So it was nice to see some competition. Um, it would have been nicer to see somebody climb over the ring, like climb over the cage yeah. and win that way. Like basically have La Luchadora go in there fight Becky and the whole time Alexa just climbs out, that'd be a great ending. You know, like a cage match. I don't, when was the last time you think someone... I think we've had this discussion. We talked about this last week because um, on Talking Smack, what's his name? Shane actually yeah, said when was, that's a possibility. But when was the last time someone won a cage match by climbing out of the cage? I'm going to take another over on this one. <laughs> it's the blue cage that didn't have a door. Right. Uh, that was, it was a good match considering... Um, there's only so much they can do with the storyline that's going on because you know La Luchadora had to come in. It was really awkward how La Luchadora was like just popped up and stood there for about three minutes. And just like, I'm the door. No one's going to notice. Yeah, see, that's the way it could work with Ellsworth and the Elimination Chamber. He could just stand like he did, like like Luchadora did, and be an Elimination Chamber door. <laughs> and that's it, folks. So we're done. This Full circle. Podcast right, right there. We were done forever. <laughs> Alright, uh, let's talk a little bit about the Wyatt family. Are they breaking apart now or do you want to wait till WrestleMania? I don't I don't think they are. I don't think they will. I think that this is a swerve. It's gonna be that they're gonna they're gonna fight each other and you're probably gonna get like a two or three or maybe five minute match, but at some point towards the end of that match, they're gonna come together and they're gonna be brothers again. I think this is this is gonna run to at least WrestleMania, if not longer. Um the interesting thing is is Randy shaved. I didn't notice. Yeah, he was growing that beard out. Last week, week four, he had a little bit more than stubble. Okay. And this week, he was clean-shaven. Nice. Um, I don't know if that necessarily had anything to do with his confrontation with a fan. Ooh, yeah, about that. Uh, did you did you happen to read the, the details on that? Yeah, that was going to be one of our finished maneuvers. We'll talk about it now. Uh, well, we can talk about it then. Okay, we'll wait on it. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to crumble, 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 and then Royal Rumble, they're going to look strong as can be. I think it's going to be one of those things. Yeah, yeah. They'll. Uh, I did, on Talking Smack, Bray made sure to mention that if they win, he wins. And by they... He means him. He means him. Yeah, so... I watched Talking Smack today. It, it was it was interesting, because uh, he was kind of putting them all over as a, a cohesive unit. But at the end... Yeah, he kind of threw the thing at the end where he's like, no, 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 no. I mean me. So I don't know if he means me in the, the biblical, like in the sense of like he's the leader and like if they all win, he wins because he's the leader or if he means that he's physically going to win. Well, this was a debate we had 
two years ago when the the Wyatt family first went in. Um, let's say the last three people, Bray Wyatt, Eric Rowe, and Luke Harper. Do the other two just jump out the ring? I, I wouldn't be surprised. I could see Luke Harper jumping out the ring and then Randy acting like he's going to and stopping. And then confronting Bray. I could see that happening, but that'd be about it. Yeah, that'd be kind of interesting if they got to the end and then RKO out of nowhere. Yeah. That'd be awesome, except for the fact that we'd be stuck with Randy Orton in the main event in WrestleMania, which is fine, but, you know. I'd love to see Bray. There's a lot of other people I would like to see. Bray Bray needs to win some. Alright, let's... Next SmackDown topic is the King's Court. It's the first time we've seen it in years. King looked a little rough, but... What were your Home, thoughts on Memphis? It? Yeah. Um... Uh, my, I don't think I've still picked it up. I like I have, I have like the opposite of a goatee because my jaw's been dragging on the floor because they mentioned his heart attack the way they did. That was like, oh man! I just stared at the television for five seconds. He's just like, hey, you realize you're the one who beat the shit out of me, and then five minutes later you had a heart attack. You remember that, Lawler? <laughs> she's like, oh, holy shit. Um, yeah. Uh. Can we have a Dolph Ziggler Jerry Lawler feud? So I was reading on Bleach Report today just to recap. I like to read the recaps and their grades. Yeah, they, they grade it every time. Their grades are always crazy. Like they have the, the strangest grading. Well, this explain. dude's very very partial. Um, but he was great with this. He said this did nothing for any other rivalry with Dolph Ziggler except against Jerry Lawler. Like that has to be the next thing, right? And maybe JBL fights because you saw JBL hop in the ring. Oh, he fell first. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't see that. There's, there's a picture online of like JBL like in the tiniest corner of the picture. Just, just falling. Yeah, fall, like, he just ate it. Like he like <laughs> he couldn't get out of his like chair in time, or he tripped over Probably a wire. Got his wire. He <laughs> just he ate it. There's like all you see is like a brown suit, like a khaki suit, in the corner, <laughs> just eating it. Um, yeah, no, that would be awesome if JBL came back and had one more fight. One more fight against Dolph Ziggler in honor of yeah, Jerry Lawler with Jerry Lawler in the corner. That'd be great. Um, be, he'd be a better wrestling match than it would be with Michael Cole. <laughs> yes. Michael Cole's claim to fame is Karma's the one that eliminated him from Royal Rumble. I don't remember. Did he wear that stupid Yes, uh, he did. He had, onesie? It, he had it underneath his suit. He ripped his suit off. And then, because all three commentators went in, and then all three commentated in their wrestling afterwards for the rest oh, of the geez. Rumble. It was terrible. Um, he was on Talking Smack after The King. Yep. And Shane apologized to him, and he said it would be nice... It'd be better if it was coming from Dolph. But what I took from that is that the after party, as requested by Renee Young, is at uh, Jerry Lawler's restaurant in Memphis, which I've actually been to. I was there the day it opened because I was going to Beale Street Music Festival last year. And I got to meet Jerry Lawler, shook his hands. He actually sounded differently at, I thought, in Talking Smack than he did any other time I've heard him or in person. Did you notice that at all? He just probably still thinking about that heart attack. He probably or having one. No, I mean he he did talk about that for half a second or so. He was he was talking about the difference between a cardiac arrest and a heart attack. Yeah. Um, and he said he his heart didn't start for like twenty two minutes. Did yeah. you hear that? Yeah, I, I didn't believe that. That was insane. I know. Uh, and it was something like seven out of a hundred, like seven percent of people who have cardiac arrest live. Right, and he did. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I wasn't necessarily listening to him <laughs> other than just like, holy crap. Yeah, uh, very impressive. Soaking in all the information he was given at the time. <laughs> all right, let's get out of this talk terrible, about, terrible talk. Talk about Cherry Lawler's heart attack all day long. Uh, main event picture, picture for 
SmackDown, you have Cena versus Styles. Baron Corbin might be sneaking in there, but I think The Miz seems to be the best player coming up to challenge one of those two. I am happy with all of this. Uh, John Cena eventually will take 16, and then that'll happen, and then let's be, you know... Hopefully at WrestleMania. Let him get 16 and be done with it, you know, fine, whatever. But please, please let him slowly be transitioning into this Miz, Corbin, AJ time, because all three of those guys are killing it. Yes. Uh, AJ has just been on fire since he got in the company. The Miz has been otherworldly in the last six months. I don't know if he took some sort of PED for his his Mike performance, skills. yeah, his mic skills <laughs> and his like like technical working. His strength hasn't gotten any better, but his technical working and his ring awareness and everything he does in the ring and his his promos have just been amazing since Maurice has been with him. It's 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 amazing. Um, and Corbin Corbin just keeps getting better. Yeah. Um, we I know we have definitely talked about this before. There there was a six month stretch where where Corbin was in NXT and he was like, yeah, hey, okay, whatever. And then you didn't see him, and then like they, they did all this taping, and then like in like a three week span, he went from being terrible to just being great. Not being yeah. great, but being really good. Good enough to be in the main event picture. Well, good enough to be like, holy crap, he got really good, and when did that happen? Um, and he's only gotten better. And we talked about this earlier. How great was that line on Talking Smack about The Undertaker? Yeah. Uh, the line was the t- Taker said he's he's dug twenty nine holes for twenty nine souls. Well, that's good because the world needs ditch diggers. Yes. Does that mean a Corbin Taker rivalry? I wouldn't be upset. I just I don't <laughs> I don't think the Taker could keep up with him. Right. Uh, one of one of Corbin's like not signature, but one of those like little like moves they like to do with him every time is that he'll go out. He'll slide out the ring one way, then immediately run back into the ring through the other way because the person chased him. Right. Well, no, like uh, like Ambrose like would throw him out, and he'd like slide under the ring, and then like run around the ring post, and then get right back into the ring. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd love to see him wrestle Taker, but I don't. I don't think Taker could keep up with him. Yeah. Um. I hope in all of that that we've just talked about, Taker is not entered into that title picture. That's the one thing I hope. Last week we started a segment where we have a question in the middle of our podcast. We usually do a time segment, but since this one we only have a single answer, we're just going to kind of make it quick. Our segment this time, the question for the week is, what is the best UK wrestler in WWE of all time? Would you like me to go first? All right, I'm going to go for it. So for me, growing up, the obvious answer has to be the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. He was born in Wigan, Wigan, Greater Manchester, England. He was born November 27th, 1962. Unfortunately, he died at 39, May 18th, 2002. Complications from steroid use. Uh, he started out his early career. He actually started a couple places in UK, but he was in 1983. He was in New Japan Pro Wrestling. In New Japan Pro Wrestling, he tagged with Dynamite Kid. That's one of the first times he's done that. He, um, they did a nice little showing. Then they went to the WWF. WWF, they were there from 1985 to 1988. They left again, went to Stampede Wrestling and Japan Pro Wrestling. Then back to WWF, that's where he started getting really big. He won the IC title in 92, the World Championship in 93. In the 92 or 93, that's when he had his Match of the Year match against Bret Hart. 
Yeah, that was that was at the uh, the pay per view in uh, the the SummerSlam at Wembley. Uh, it's SummerSlam, yes, 1992 SummerSlam. Yeah, that was, that's when he when he beat Hart uh, Brett for the belt, right? Yeah. So he had his dress, his, his cornrows, and everything. All of his achievements in WWF. He had IC title one time, European twice, Hardcore twice, Tag Team twice, one with Dynamite Kid, one with Owen Hart. He won the Battle Royal. He had a European Championship Tournament and the World Tag Team Championship Tournament. That was with Owen Hart. He had a bunch of other accolades and other industries, but to me, he's the best of all time because of everything he was. He really brought the British flavor to WWE. Yeah, there's no denying that he was a huge influence on a lot of uh, wrestlers now that, that grew up then and that were in England and, and the, w, or, uh, <clears throat> the UK and, and, and London and those places. He was a big influence. He meant a lot of that country, and you could see it if you ever go back and watch uh, that SummerSlam. It's it's pretty amazing. Um, but with that said, I'm going to have to go in a different direction and go right. with a Sir William Regal. He's a man. Nice. William Regal. Uh, he is actually from, where is William Regal from? It's from England. He is from Staffordshire, England. Uh, he actually lives in Georgia now, surprisingly. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, one of uh, one of my early recollections of, of uh, William Regal was his real man persona in WWF. I don't know if you remember that one. Yeah. He's a man. He's wearing lumberjack clothes. Yeah. Like well, he had like he had like a uh, a plaid vest, and then like he'd carry a two by four and a hard hat. So that was a goofy gimmick. But I always loved him during the Attitude Era, too. He was always a good worker. He always put on good matches. Always uh, always kind of had his nose in things and, and was, was doing things when around stuff that was happening. Uh, another one of his good uh, turns was when he was the commissioner and Tajiri was his little helper. That was always pretty good. Um, but also, one of, his, one of his best things is now he's in NXT. He's a trainer down there, and he also is their commissioner. And he does great work. He's very fair, unlike Daniel Bryan. He's uh, <clears throat> he's pretty fair. He he always does does good work down there, and he, he teaches those guys on how to work the WWE style and and, and do well. Um, so I I I love William Regal. I always love when he's on TV. He, he's really interesting and really entertaining to watch. Yeah. He um, one thing I will say is that he's one of the most successful transitioners from in ring, great in ring performer, and also becoming a commissioner. And the out of ring performance as well, so I agree with you on that one. All right, well, we're going to use that as our transition to our next segment. We had over this past week in the UK Championship Tournament, uh, really good showing. If y'all have a chance to go see it, it was about two different two and a half hour episodes. Uh, it was part one, part two. One was on Saturday, one was on Sunday. Um, throughout all of it, we're just going to do some quick thoughts on it. What was the best match? My my favorite match. Uh, it's an easy one. It's the the finals. It's Pete uh, Pete Dunn versus Tyler Bate in the finals. That match was great. Um, it was it was a 15 minute fight. Uh, it was great. Those guys went back and forth. They're both hell of a wrestlers. They they're they're both very young. Tyler Bate's only 19 years old. That guy, the the sky is the limit on him. He's so charismatic. Um, Dunn is a great heel. He comes out it, the whole tournament. He's just beating the crap out of people, like on purpose and and before, after, during, and they can't stop him because he wants that belt. 
and they spent two days building a championship that didn't exist better than they have with some of the main, you know, the bigger titles in the main event, uh, main roster. Yeah, um, that was a really good match. Obviously, you don't want to have the best match for last, and in the ratings that Jason just looked up, he that was ranked number one. But right behind that was my pick, and that was Mark Andrews, which is a kind of smaller person, high flyer versus Pete Dunne. I think it says a lot about Pete Dunne that he's in both of these matches. Um, it was great. It was exciting. Like during, like during the finals match, they played into the injury really, really hard. But this was the first match in three that Pete Dunne didn't have the advantage for injury purposes. And you actually just saw a great match all the way around. Uh, Mark Andrews hit multiple, multiple high-flying moves. Um, multiple type of things. Pete Dunne looked evil. He's the most evil-looking person in that entire tournament. But that, I think that was a great match. All the high-flying counteracted with the um, the bruiser weight. He, I always like to call him Muscle Hamster, like people called what's his name. They're running back for Tampa Bay because that's what he reminds me of. Just Doug Martin, yeah. So uh, that's definitely the match I think you need to check out most. But overall, great matches all the way around. Yeah, no, that that Mar- uh, Andrews uh, Pete Dunn match was also really good. Don't don't get me wrong. As much as I liked the the uh, finale, that one was also really good. You got a good look at Pete Dunn, you know, break, trying to break fingers and, and yeah. bite on stuff, and and <clears throat> it's good. It was a definitely it was a really good contrast in in, in uh, styles. And Mark Andrews is really talented. Um, he was in the PWG event last summer, the Battle of Los Angeles, okay, uh, and he fought. He fought Chris Hero, which is now Cassius Ono in NXT, and Chris Hero beat the ever living hell out of him. Uh, Andrews, I mean, Chris Hero's got to be six foot six, you know, maybe two eighty. Mark Andrews is maybe six foot, six foot even, one hundred and thirty. Well, probably like one eighty. Oh, okay. Because they always weigh more than you really think. Yeah, that's true. He does have a lot more muscle than me. <laughs> Yes. Um, but, but I mean, there's definitely a size advantage, and Chris Hero just beats the crap out of him, and Andrews ends up getting the win. And Chris Hero just gets angry and just beats the ever-living hell out of him after the match, and then gives him an avalanche uh, pile driver from the second rope. Nice. Uh, but that was that was interesting. That was my first introduction to Andrews. But he's he's definitely a good high flyer. He can definitely work the entire ring. He's not just you know doing all kinds of flippy stuff everywhere. Yeah. And going back to your. Um pick for the best UK wrestler they were talking big about how um, William Regal was just killing Peter Dunn with his stare after like when he came into the ring for the finals match yeah I mean he's uh, people like to call the Undertaker the conscience of the WWE yeah I think William Regal's definitely the conscience of NXT he 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 could shoot holes through lead walls with those those stares yeah Um, all right so who's your favorite wrestler through all of it uh, I going into it, I loved Pete Dunne. Um, coming out of it, you gotta love Tyler Bate. You gotta be impressed with that kid. Other than that, I really enjoyed Trent Seven. Uh, he was the WWE's odds-on favorite. He's actually in a tag team and a current with champion Tyler with Tyler Bate. Yeah. Um, that was actually one of the funnier things. Was did you hear where where Trent Seven was built from? Uh, yeah, Muscle Mountain or Mustache Mountain. Mustache Mountain. He's actually said he was from the midway point on Mustache Mountain, on the base, like the base camp midway. So I thought that was kind of funny. Well, but Tyler Bate was built from Mustache Mountain too. I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not um, the midway point, maybe, but no, yeah, he's from a different <laughs> point. Right. Um, but yeah, those those guys impressed. Uh, they had a few other guys. We talked about the guy that Dunn fought in his first match. You weren't too impressed with him. I thought he showed a little bit of. 
uh, 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 yeah. You could see it in him, like we, you know, I told you. He, I think they said that he just started wrestling like a year or two ago. He was a power lifter and he blew his knee out, so this is his, you know, his backup plan. And uh, he didn't look too terrible, but uh, it was, it was a great tournament. It exposed a lot of people to a lot of people never heard before. A lot of wrestlers that they they got their first look at. Um, Wolfgang had a great show and also yeah. hitting swanton bombs and moon salts. Right, I've never seen any of these people before. Um, I, coming out of it, I have to be most impressed with Pete Dunne. His character he portrayed, his wrestling in the ring, his just overall, he did everything perfectly. Um, Tyler Bate, like you said, I was telling one of my coworkers about this. The best thing about Tyler Bate is when he walks out to the ring, the entire audience is just yeah, every so waving. cautiously waving at him like he does. I told somebody about that yesterday. Uh, I think I was telling Matt about it. Like That was one of my favorite things at the very end when he was just like, after his second to last match, the uh, semifinal match, he just stood there and was just like, kind of queen waving at everyone, yeah. like, hi, just just awkwardly waving, and everyone just. Awkwardly well, that's, he waved did that back. every match when he first came out. They started doing that. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, also, what did you think about Mini Baby Ben uh, Finn Balor? Oh God, he's terrible. He's a terrible because you hate him. Because I thought he was a wrestler and he was decent, but I I loved the hate that guy. He was like a Walmart brand of like Finn Balor's younger brother. There was there was some there's so many great memes during this tournament on Reddit. Um, <laughs> one of them was uh, it's Finn Balor because Finn Balor trained that guy. That's yeah yeah that's where he is from. And, that's the whole um, thing. There were so many great comments on Reddit during during this tournament. One of them it was it was is this guy his name's Jordan Devlin, and it's him and Balor sitting next to each other and like in a table and they're giving each other the wolf pack like too sweet symbol yeah and it's like don't you ever talk to my son ever again <laughs> uh another one was uh when when balor came out at the end to for some reason to say hi to everyone i guess yeah uh someone was like what's that jordan devlin look like doing in the ring oh that's awesome yeah so they had some they had some good ones yeah um so what's your outlook for tyler Bate going forward what are they going to do with this First of all, uh, rumor is is that I, someone someone said online they're going to make a show out of this. I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised. First off, they have signed every single person in this tournament, which right. is a step in the right direction. Um, but from what I understand, I wouldn't be surprised they make a a UK show out of this. Uh, I could totally see it on the network and airing in Greenwich Mean Time, which yeah. is around the time this this tournament took place. It took 8, 8 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. Um, the UK market is very hot right now. They have a lot of people kind of jockeying for position in that market. And the WWE has seemed to align themselves with some of the biggest players. They had people from ICW and Rev Pro both at the event. And they had wrestlers from both promotions. Yep. Those are two of the biggest ones in Europe right now. Um, so it, it was interesting to see that. Uh, there's also rumors going out that ICW... Is close to making a deal with the WWE to na- to, to uh, show a a show on the network to have a network show. Um, so if that happens, that'll be one step forward towards this WWE network having all types of of wrestling on, not just WWE product. Yeah, um, I, that's what I really hope. I was talking to Trey about this earlier. Is that I hope that they start doing different brands of WWE, but all WWE in the different areas. So this is the first step. Maybe we'll have a Japan brand of WWE coming forward. I thought about that too. I, I, that wouldn't be uh, too crazy, I guess, in theory to have a tournament like this Yeah, with Japanese wrestlers. Uh, the only thing that I think they need to be cautious with 
And I think it's kind of ironic that I, it, it speaks to something I heard Aaron Rodgers talk about today. Aaron Rodgers, I, yeah, I know. Don't give me that look. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers talked about how uh, the sanctity of a locker room is important because it kind of keeps the mystique in football. Yeah. You start breaking that barrier, it, you start to get oversaturated. People start to lose interest. We already have, what, 40 hours of wrestling content a week? Yep. So if you're going to throw two more shows on this, I mean, the layperson's not going to watch this. The person who, who loves Roman Reigns and John Cena and, and watches Raw every week, but that's about it, they're not going to watch this. But you, me, and, and a lot of other people are going to... Put the time in. I mean, that's that's going to be like 60 hours yeah. of wrestling a week if you're looking at uh, well, a mean, Japan show. Uh, you can get rid of 205. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you get rid of it, but it's there. <coughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's going to be good. I wouldn't be surprised if they just do like a 205. How 205 is a Raw, do that with these UK people on SmackDown. Just have a little influx of talent and have talent available, but also have the UK tournament as their own additional show. Maybe on Wednesdays. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's what they'll... If, if that's where they're going, that's what they'll do. They'll have it, like I said. I, I, it, it'll be something that people in London or in, in the UK couldn't watch. Yeah. Because right now, Raw and SmackDown air at like 3 in the morning their time. Right. They have to get up at the ass crack of middle of the night to watch Raw live. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's what they're going towards is a live show for those those people across the pond. Yeah. Um, all right, so what about the outlook for Tyler Bate? What you think with him? Are you going to see him as champion come on to SmackDown one of these weeks just to give a promo, just to get some press going? I don't know. Um, going forward, I don't know. But I do know that he is going to be a star. Yes. He's, he's 19. 19. He's 19. 19. He's got the luck. He's got the charisma. Even if he's got that stupid wave, that wave will get over. Oh, that wave's already over. Yeah, that's true. I'm waving to people that way now. <laughs> he's Yeah. No, he's, he's going to be. As long as he doesn't do something stupid or get hurt, he's going to be huge. He's going to be a massive star. Yep. And I think him with, uh, what is it, Trent Nine? Trent, Trent Seven. Trent Seven. Uh, that's the older brother of Trent Nine. Um, <laughs> Younger brother. He's older? only seven. He's not nine. I'm thinking seven comes first, so you name kids like seven, eight, nine. Seven, eight, nine, yeah. Well, that's why seven's afraid of eight. Or six is afraid of seven. That's, that's all of our terrible jokes. Um, could be cousins with Tech Nine. Could be cousins with Tech Nine. Yeah, but he's Trent Seven. <laughs> They still, they still could be first cousins. Anything is possible. Anyway, yeah, uh, I think he's gonna be great. Um, I love Wolfgang. I think he could come in whatever his name is and actually be a star in WWE right now. Wolfgang, yeah, I think, uh, I, I think his um, American English could use a little bit of work. Although there's good. No man, there was a point where Wolfgang was talking. I had no idea <laughs> what the fuck he said. Um, but that's about it. I mean, I, I can't shit on the guy for that. I, you know. But yeah, you know he's he, wrestling wise, he's 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 there. He's got a good look. He got a good entrance. He walks in. He stands on the ropes. He goes oh, and then everyone throws up the wolf sign. The only problem is, is he's a big guy. Uh, he's not. He's he's like less in shape than Kevin Owens. Look, he looks like he's in less shape than Kevin Owens. <laughs> yeah. So I can't see uh, Vince McMahon getting too impressed with that. But other than that, in the ring, in the ring skill is definitely there. Um, all right, so we had a little bonus match. Let me get this straight. I am the greatest talent this country has ever produced. And there's not a man in this kingdom or this continent who deserves to be standing across the ring from me. 
Magnus. He's here. And Neville can't believe it. Weighing in at 208 pounds, Tommy End! The anti-hero is here. Tommy End, who was recently signed to NXT and said, quote, I came to NXT to burn it down. Well, tonight, he's in Blackpool to face Neville. What a treat this is, Nigel. Absolutely, Tommy End is such a dangerous individual. I've known this guy from when he first died. You had Neville come out and say, how can you have a tournament without me in it? There's no one in this, in the United Kingdom that can challenge me, much less in this continent that can challenge me. Out comes Tommy Enns from the Netherlands, who I've never seen before, never heard of before. Very, very impressed. Tommy End is legit. Uh, I don't know if I've talked to you about him before, I happened to see him last summer in that PWG event also that Mark Andrews was in and Chris Hero. I feel like you're, you're starting to see a trend here with all these guys who were in that event that happened to make their way to WWE. Trent, uh, or Tommy, Tommy End is, is a beast. He's, uh, he's fluent in what they call uh, a Belgian kickboxing, which is somewhat like Muay Thai and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. But apparently it focuses more on punching. But this guy has a very he's long legs and he has a very vicious kick and a very 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 vicious vicious knee. Yes. Um. There was at least one point in that match where he hit Neville with a knee and you could hear it just resonate through that crowd. Like everyone, ooh. Yeah. It, th that guy's so good. I, I hope that he gets over and he ends up doing well. So, uh, supposedly he's going to NXT and he's going to debut under the name of Alistair Black. They're changing his name, supposedly. Okay. Um, I think the only reason he went under Trent Seven, or not Trent Seven, Tommy, uh, Tommy N is because, you know, if he loses that match, it's not going to really mean anything in a month from now when he shows up on NXT. And that's how everyone knows him out there, too. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, like, it goes back to the point about me and you watching the Japan show or the UK show. Yeah. We know who he is. We, we could talk about him. We're going to remember when they change his name. Yeah. But... You know, random person who watches NXT and they're like, "Oh, who's this Alistair Black guy?" Oh, he's new. Yeah, they're not gonna remember that. Yeah. It's, that's Tommy End. Um, he kind of reminded me of a larger, like, fatter version of CM Punk. The way he kicked. Yeah, I mean that that style got very popular about ten years ago. Punk was the first to kind of well, Jericho technically, I guess, was the first to bring it about. Yeah. Then Punk made it a little bit more popular. Then Daniel Bryant just exploded on the scene. But this whole time, those those moves have been there in the in the wrestling world. Uh, you see right. with AJ and, and you know, they're, they're becoming more of this, these MMA-style fighting. Yeah. I mean, overall, good match. Uh, Tommy End looked strong as hell throughout most of the match. Neville came back. We finally got to see the red arrow out of Neville, which we haven't seen since he turned heel. It was, uh, he, he switched his finisher to something else, a splash. DDT? I think it might have been DDT, Splashy. yeah. Um, but, yeah, he hasn't done the red arrow in a while, and we got to see that, which was nice. I knew he was going to do it because it's in U.K., but, yeah, it was a good match. Good good little break in the action. It gave uh, Tyler Bates some time to recuperate kayfabe. And, uh, yeah, so overall, what were your thoughts on this tournament? Better or worse than CWC? 
Uh, I think it had its own strong points and weak points. I would say different is how I would read. Yeah, it. Uh, definitely the strong the, the 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 high point is that it took two days. Yes, it was two days. It was like sixteen matches. Um, it was four four hours total. Um, so it was it was easy to digest. It wasn't it wasn't as much work as the CWC. Yeah. The other thing is, is the CWC gave us way like don't get me wrong these matches in the, the tournament were really good. CWC gave us way better matches. The only two I think could compete with the top ones over there were the the two we, the talked, two we about. talked about. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean there was a handful of not Ma- more maybe CWC. the um, Trent Seven versus Wolfpack. Wolfgang. That was Wolfgang, another, yeah. yeah. But I mean I, we we sat here and talked for weeks about the CWC in certain matches of the 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 Bushi Cedric Alexander yep. the. Any any match Zao was in the the Saber versus um, uh, who won it TJP I the mean, uh, DIY match yeah 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 he, yeah the DIY with uh, to Champa versus Gargano there were so many good matches in that tournament I yep. mean it, it had to be as long as it was but it was definitely a perk that this one was was only two hours or four hours yeah I definitely think it was different better in some places worse in some places. I do like that there was less competitors because I have a better chance of remembering some of these people more than I do other people, except for the amazingness of 205 that's keeping me entrapped with the CWC. Alright, let's go to our finishing maneuvers. There's a rumor mill going on out there. Beth Phoenix is talked about being the next inductee into the Hall of Fame. Um... I know you didn't watch her much, but she's getting inducted over China, over Sable, over Elizabeth, over all these different people that a lot of people are saying deserve it. I think she deserves to go eventually, and I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they induct two women this year with how much they've been pushing the women's division. Um, talk, how about China? Talk about China. Do you think China should be going before this person? Um, actually, yes. Politically, no. It's <laughs> fair. Um, and I think that's why she's not going in right now. Uh, I think she will eventually, but but not right now. Um, one, she had just passed, and we were all kind of shocked that they gave her a shout-out, which right, is kind of yeah. terrible. Um, but but you had to. You, it was happy to see that WWE was moving in a positive light towards China because she'd, she'd been in those adult films, and she'd done uh, a lot of questionable things towards the end of her life that kind of led towards that. But um, China revolutionized women's wrestling. Yeah. Um, she revolutionized wrestling. Yeah. She was the Intercontinental Champion. She was a European Champion. Yep. She she was a person who transcended genders and was able to work any way they needed her to. I don't think there's been another female champion I, I can think of in WWE off the top of my head. I want to say, no, Shane was the European. Uh, I don't know. I can't think. I'm sure there was at some point. But that shows how much more of an impact China's... I mean, she was race. the ninth wonder of the world. I mean, yeah. she earned that moniker. It wasn't just given to her. Yep. Um, the same thing can somewhat go said for Miss Elizabeth. Uh, her death was was a little questionable. Um, so there are things behind Miss Elizabeth that, yeah. that you know controversies, um, and then that's probably what's keeping her out as well. Also, there's rumors of of uh, Vince having. Issues with with Savage and yeah, we won't get into those rumors, but you know there's that. So there's definitely people who deserve to go in. I don't know much about Beth Phoenix. Um, I can't imagine there isn't someone else, but I, I mean Beth Phoenix was big when she was in wrestling. She uh, the Glamazon. It it doesn't hurt that her husband 
is Edge though, right? Right. Um, I mean, I could totally see a quid pro quo like Edge. Uh, you know, we'll we'll get Beth into the Hall of Fame if you know you show up and do a few shows. You know. Yeah. I mean, at that same point, I really hope that uh, Michelle McCool doesn't go in because she's married to Undertaker. Hey, you need need a few more uh, Mania matches out of him. You know how to get him. Yep. Alright, uh, next thing. We talked about a little bit earlier, but Randy Orton had an altercation with the fan because the uh, person snapped a picture of him working out in the gym. Yeah, what I read was basically uh, <laughs> it was kind of weird and awkward and totally Randy Orton. Uh, the guy went up to him in the gym when, when Randy was working out. He had headphones on. He was like pointing towards his phone, like, can I take a picture? Orton kind of like pointed at his headphones and was like fist bumped the dude like, oh, you know, nice to meet you and went back to working out. Guy went back across the gym, took a picture of Orton, and Orton saw him taking the picture. Orton loses his shit, goes up to the guy, gets in the guy's face. He goes, yo, this is a place to work out, not a place to take photos or be a mark or, you know, fanboy. This is a, this, you know, if you're going to come to the gym, work out. Don't take pictures of me. So I think Randy kind of flew off the handle a little bit. Uh, it probably could have been handled a little bit better, but, you know, maybe he was having a bad day. I mean, there's been altercations like this with Randy before. Uh, Randy was always kind of a hothead when he was younger. He's gotten a lot better since he got his second... He's got kids. He's um, got family problems. I got kids! Thanks, Heath. Um, ever since uh, he got his second... Suspension? Suspension for wellness. drugs, wellness yeah. program. He's kind of cleaned up completely. And this is really the first thing you've heard of him outside the ring since then. Yeah, it's been it's been a while since we've gotten a, an outside-the-ring altercation with Orton. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's the worst thing he could have done. We haven't talked too much. We did a little bit of 205, so if you want to talk about that or NXT, what's the most interesting feud in one of those kind of smaller brands of WWE? Uh, I think we got we got three in NXT that I can think of off the top of my head, and, and I'll just go into them quick. Um, one, we have the Women's Championship, where they're kind of just throwing everything at Asuka now. Yep. Um, Except. Well, we will get to that. That's, that's, that's in a second. But Asuka has just been such an unbeatable, unstoppable force in that division and one, one like a couple weeks ago um billy k and peyton royce came out and they tried to beat the crap out of her and she kind of fought back and then i don't remember who, who's the who's the fourth woman in the match i'm not even sure um there's a fourth woman in the match it's gonna bother me um but this they they added oh it's the the woman from sanity I don't remember her name. Right. Um, she got involved. She beat the crap out of Asuka. Asuka kind of fought all four, all three of them back. And uh, she got back to the mic and she told Regal, listen, I don't want one. I don't want two. I want all. Give me everyone. She she asked for this match. She wants to beat all three of them. So that's what we're going to get at TakeOver San Antonio. We're going to get Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, who are tag team partners, uh, and... The, the girl from Sanity, I remember her name off the top of my head. Sarah Cross, I think? Something like that, yeah. Versus Asuka for the title, so it's a four-way. So that'll be that'll be a good match. With that said, um, there's a glaring omission from that match, which is probably the, the second hottest um, female in that division, uh, who's Ember Moon, who's equally just as ferocious as Asuka. Yep. Um, she's going to be taking on Liv uh, Morgan, I believe. And they're kind of slowly building Ember Moon because I think she's she was she's done some indie work, but she's more or less the, uh, a homegrown talent. So they're going to be building her very slowly, but it's going to be worth it because that girl is very talented. Probably WrestleMania. That's what I very look for. very talented girl. 
Um, she's going to be the one that takes the belt from Oscar. Yeah. Uh, also, the, the third and final one, we have the battle of the two best theme songs in the entire world. We, we have the glorious one, Bobby Roode, versus Shinsuke Nakamura in the main event at, at TakeOver San Antonio, and that's, that's going to be a great match. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see all those matches. Bobby Roode, I, I love Bobby Roode. Everyone loves Bobby Roode. Um, but I'm, I'm super excited about this Neville gimmick. I know I'm not crazy about Rich Swan or Rich Franklin, whoever he's fighting. But <laughs> Rich Franklin? <laughs> he's an old MMA fighter. Oh, yeah. um, but no, like this Neville turn has made me interested in the Cruiserweight division, and that's about it. I'd be more interested if we hadn't seen Neville be interesting and then immediately go flat. Because of how he they because well it's because it was because how they use him. It's not his fault. It's not necessarily <laughs> anything other than how they use him. Right. Like he's interesting for like two weeks and then like he gets five squash but matches and they all they're ne- all like three moves in a, in a red arrow. Bringing him back to uh, the UK Championship tournament, he was back to that freshness though, saying like, "How can you not have a tournament here with me?" And then he got to see a great match against Tommy N. So that's what I since you laid those other ones, I'm gonna go with that one as my most interesting feud going forward. That's the best of the best of the best of the best of the best that this world has to offer. Jason. Say something stupid. So, uh, match of the week? You have anything in mind? Or just say the whole UK tournament, go check it out. Yeah, go watch that tournament. That tournament was great. Um, it's four hours, but you can, you can watch the last hour and still be entertained. Last, like, four or five matches, kind of with Wrestle Kingdom. Um, yeah, really, last four, because you had the two semifinal matches, then you had the... Tommy and Neville match, and then the final match. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, other than what's been on TV and, and that, that tournament, it, it's taken a lot of, of wrestling time up. Yeah. So uh, go check out those matches. Go let us know what you think of this podcast. Till then, we'll see you next week. Thanks.